Being a real estate agent can be demanding. Being a mom, now that's even more challenging. Now being a mom in real estate, now that is hard. Um, I'm a little psycho to where 
want to give everybody what they want, but not the same thing that they already have, like they see all the time. So I'm always trying to put a spin or twist oh, on the design side. Really? Like, okay. Give us an example. Um, well, I don't know. Ellie could probably give you 5,000 things that he's been scared for me to do. Yeah. And then um, we did it just maybe the same color palettes, but give it a twist. Like, I'll do a color pop in it. Or the same farmhouse kitchen feel, but I'll do a really progressive backsplash. Or just something of that nature. Um, we're going to try and do some Santa Barbara houses, which really haven't been touched in our Arcadia area. Um, so he gets paranoid because he's like, look, it's already been created. Why mess with it? Let's mm-hmm. keep going. And I'm like, but we need to be different. Like, what if they don't want this, this you're shape, shape feel but, anymore? But that, that, that's fun because you're shaping the character of the neighborhood. Yeah. What you choose right. in some way shapes the character of the neighborhood. It's fantastic. And I try to keep the integrity of everything and respectful. Like I said, we meet with a lot of the neighbors and we'll talk about it. Um, we network with a lot of agents because we want to hear feedback. And being in the industry so long and actually having the background where I was shopping with buyers you know what they want, you know what they don't want, and there's just certain little things that you have to throw in that maybe other people aren't, because there's a lot of builders out there that didn't have a real estate background in the sense of buyers and sellers, um, so they're more just on the build side, and it's they don't really, they don't have that knowledge that we have from being there over and over and over and hearing what every wife and what every husband or woman and child want, or how a family functions in a home sometimes, you're like, oh, that's really, really weird, or, um, Laundry rooms are understated with a lot of people. I try to make it really functional because so much happens in the laundry, in the laundry room. room. That's for sure. um, like I always like to add dry bars, like little touches and things that are super useful, so we don't have laundry hanging off of our shower. You know, certain little <laughs> things that I try to incorporate. Um, and I don't. We don't always hit the mark on everything. There's a budget, mm-hmm. but man, if I didn't have a budget, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so um, do you always do single stories. We actually have our first two-story going right now, yeah. um, and it's an awesome floor plan. It has great views, but we try to stay to single stories. It's better for retail over there, um, and it's more desirable, so you're kind of going out on a limb with a two-story, but there's always the families that need a bigger home, and, and they just need it, so it. you mm-hmm. have to do it. So it's our first one. It'll actually be done at the end of the month. Um, and I've had a lot of work and detail into this one, so I'm hoping it just flies off the shelves. We've been fortunate enough that we sell probably about half of them before they're finished. Mm, wow, that um, is fortunate. Yeah, but it's, you know, another part of the equation is then you're working with someone at the end who thinks they're going oh, a custom wow. home and you're like, oh, it's a spec house, it's already there. So there's new skills you learn in customer service that we haven't had the chance to do on the traditional side. Um, so, and Ellie's great at that. I'm so I'm kind of like, nope, this is what's going to happen. We're done. Um, so it's nice that we get to play off of each other and we're not on our own because we get to play to each other's stronger strengths. Yeah. Um, He's definitely more practical, right? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. definitely practical, very conservative. <laughs> and his customer service is, I have a great level of customer service, but then I kind of plateau. Yeah. And I, I have less patience to where he just has this grace and patience. Mm-hmm. And he sees things in different lenses than I do. Um, and it, so it's just, yeah. it's nice. That is very nice. I, I know that one of my highest blessings is that I get to work with my husband and that he and I can function that way. It's right. Really, it's, it's such a gift. I mean, if you would have told me 15 years ago I was going to work with my spouse, I would have looked at you crazy and mm-hmm. like, never going to happen. No, 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 no. And at one point when we downsized and maybe our second year of being together, our desks might have been five feet from each other and we stared at each other. <laughs> and it, it worked. It functioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, we worked all day. We went to lunch together. 
for us it works. We're just the type where we're a little obsessive about what we do. So right. it would be hard to be with someone who didn't know what we do and go to dinner and try and talk about it. And just in real estate in general, you're on your phone. Yeah. Or you're doing this. And if you had a spouse that can't relate to why you're constantly clicking on your phone and an email and a phone call, it's, it's hard. It's strange. So it's well, you bring that, which I, now I'm going to segue a little bit to, yeah. to your personal side. Okay. All right. First, let's talk about your kids. You've got a lot of kids. I got a lot of kids. So introduce us. Start with Joaquin. Joaquin, uh-huh. he's um, a junior at U of A, pre-med. Mm-hmm. He uh, went to Brophy here locally and played lacrosse, threw it all away, and said, I'm going pre-med. Um, so all those hardships, like parents who have kids in sports and who take it real serious and do all these clubs, they're like, oh, yeah, it'll be like a scholarship, like all oh, the sacrifice and this travel and money and all these fun things. And he's like, oh, I can't. I won't have the grades. I'm an athlete. I won't be able to pass my impacts. I'm like, all right, let's throw it all away. No. It taught it sports taught him a lot. But um, pre-med, he runs about a 4-0 right now. GPA teaches uh, biochemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, That's because his up his uh, his whole past and everything was so perfect, right? That's why. Perfect past. Yeah. No. Um, I was sick when I had in my head severe endometriosis and then um, cancer. So I did fertility to have him, so I had him when I was 19, which is not something I always advocate, but it was just a really unique situation. So we grew up together in a lot of sense, um, but I was always a very strong-willed person with him. Um, I came from an abusive relationship, and I was so determined to make sure that he was an accountable man that if he said I can't, I put hot sauce in his mouth. Like, I was a little strict on him. Um, well, he tells me as female, Penmanship because I'm like write your name hundred times and he was four like not that I wasn't loving and but I was just I wanted him to be a man but there's a reason for that it's because your experience mm-hmm. your experience with yeah. your husband was awful it was you didn't want to yeah in any way no it was very physical um, like a lifetime movie physical so I was fortunate to be able to walk away from the situation and not be scarred mm-hmm. um, or a victim which is what I never wanted him to be. So I did push him very hard um, to the point where you want your children. I mean, he was what kept me going. Just sure. not in a negative way, just like I was happy. Like I was, like I always wanted to be a mom, which is why I did fertility and had him so young because I couldn't imagine never. And that's what the doctors had said. It's kind of like a now and never thing. And I have a very strong family support. They're like, just do it. So we did it. And I think the year before I got pregnant, I think I had eight surgeries or something. So, had him, loved every second of it, started in real estate, did property management in college, and then it just kept continuing. Um, but he, he soared, and so you work. Some, not, not every mom is like that, and then there's no right or wrong way to do it, but for me, my life source was him. So, I provided, and I gave, and I did private school, and I did all these things, and I felt like, oh, he has to have what I didn't have, and oh, he has to do this. And you kind of compensate because you're the solo rider with a parent. And I didn't really understand raising up um, a boy to be a man for a long while. So you fast forward to paying for this ultra elite private school. Um, 1,200 students apply, they only accept 290. And then I thought, oh geez, he has good grades, he plays sports, I'm just gonna give him everything that he, his heart desires. Like he was earning it, but he, I was still giving and I raised him to be super entitled. So his senior year, I started realizing 
shoot, like I'm, I'm poisoning him. Mm. He's, this isn't what a man needs. Um, and so I changed it. So it took me two years to really regroup and he disliked me. And it was hard because I'm a mom that like wants to be a best friend. Mm -hmm. So it was very challenging on a relationship and we're very two different personalities to begin with. So he didn't, he didn't like the discipline. He didn't like the, what you're not going to give, you're not going to do. I, I earned this because I have good grades. Like it was like, I owed him everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I don't. I did that to my kid. And it was, I, I had no one to blame. Yeah. No, it was yeah. just, it was solely me. And so um, it was Elliot actually who said, you know, you're raising him to be entitled. And I thought, and then you're your mom, you get defensive. Uh -huh. What are you talking about? Don't talk about my baby. Like chicken head comes out real quick. And then, and he, and Elliot came out like a really, I mean, he came from a very well to do family and he had everything too. So I was like, what are you talking about? But he was always, Elliot was always a man in everything that he did. And so, stepped back out of the emotion and looked at it and I was like, okay. Wow, he's right. He's right. Good for him for being brave enough to, to tell you. Yeah. Because that is a, that's a hard thing to say to a mom. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, and he, and I'm like, I see red with the kids. Like, if there's ever, like, you want to see me be an alternate Mama personality, mm -hmm. like, talk about the kids. You know, and then, mm -hmm. so long story short, we, um, I started pulling back. I started preparing him to be a man. He had a big transition. He came from this bubble in Arcadia went to U of A where he probably knew like a, a good chunk of kids just because there's so many kids from Arizona that go there plus sports and they're all living this life, this party life and in fraternities and he's trying to be a pre-med student and it was an adjustment and so you, you know, but those are the times where he needed to be a man and have that backbone so I used to always tell him, you don't ever quit unless your grade so whatever activity you're doing you know just keep persevering and it was probably two of the hardest years of my life was watching him fall because mm -hmm. um, as a mom you want to pick him up yeah for sure as a man I couldn't let him like he could have went to several schools he went by U of A I was super duper close of getting online and applying to the schools that I knew he wanted to go and could have gone into because I knew he would regret it but I said geez if I do this like this is going to be his life. I'm never going to see a man be the head and not the tail of the family. Mm. I'm going to enable him. So at any rate, it's turned around. I had a full hysterectomy um, last year, ovaries, everything gone. And he came home from my surgery like this magic little 10-year-old boy. And everything that he used to be. So it's nice to see come it come to, to pass. Everything, all the seeds you sow, all of a sudden you have a harvest and you thought that it was like, deserted and desert like yeah. you know like you're only gonna get thorns um so I have a lot more to talk about him because he's 21 and I've been through a lot with him yeah. but I also have a amazing big-hearted 11 year old boy who is just so gifted with his heart and his compassion for people um still holds my hand sometimes I'll get mad if I admit it but just driving home holds my That's hand nice. Maddox That's nice. also yeah. called Dax some people think it's two kids but it's just one um and he plays across too. He gets great grades, um, had a little bit of dyslexia, overcame it, mm -hmm. is in the highest reading levels at school. Like he just soars. And then Peyton Jane is my only daughter. She's nine, she's perfect. I yearn to be a better girl mom. Awesome at being a boy. <laughs> yeah, you give me both, sister. I try, like I love and appreciate everything. And she's rough and tough and I love it, but 
don't cry, your head will hurt. Or, you know, like the girl stuff, like I, I didn't shrill, I don't do that stuff. So I yearn to do you be better. And we're going to go to the Nutcracker on Thursday. And then um, the missing piece of the puzzle, the guy that I was told I could never have is Luca. Um, had a 3% chance about having babies. Wow. And I found out on Christmas Eve four years ago that I was pregnant. And my doctor asked me, what are you doing here? You tell me what they're doing here, there's a little bun in the oven. And he was just like, didn't even know. Um, and he's everything that you want a little boy to be, plus some, and everybody's baby, which I could see I'm going to have some obstacles later. Yeah. Everybody treats him and covets him like he's the king. So, But he's very brilliant. He's super smart like his older brother. And that's uh, just you're, us. You're blessed. Super blessed. That's super crazy. blessed. Super busy. I got one in every generation. And yeah. <laughs> I know. I like this. But it's so cool that God will take what seemed like a hopeless situation or something that was really bleak, you know? Yeah. And then if you just look back on, I know I do this, look back on that dark time and when you thought that this is how life's going to be, you're like, ah, never lose hope. You know, I mean, look at the life that you have and the family that you have and Elliot and all of these blessings and your success and and like you said he came through those things unscathed right which I feel is very fortunate but Mm -hmm. you know God's a super large component in my life and I just encourage anyone that if it's not God that you want to shift to just realize like walk in love and that there's something bigger and greater and don't be stuck in religion, but be more spiritually, like a relationship. A relationship. So I used to always just tell myself, and I still do, it's always the darkest before dawn. Like, before the light, it's the darkest part of the day. And if you think about that on a grand scale in life, it's true. Like, sometimes you're going through the storm, and it's super dark, and you don't know what's going to happen. But if faith is the servant to the word. So if you just focus on, and then if you're not going to repeat the Bible, then say an affirmation that's going to give you something positive, then it really comes to pass. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been many dark days and I'm just super fortunate and that I'm here today and living the life that I live. Um, I asked my cousin, she's a therapist in California. She does crisis therapist and she also does domestic violence. And I was like, you know, I don't know what to say in this podcast. There's so many things I could say, but I don't want it to be all about domestic violence and the trials and tribulations that I went through. And she said, but it's your platform and you never share it. Mm. Um, so for me, I like the fact that you could meet me and never know that I was in that situation only because I feel like I don't live as a victim because it's very easy to be trapped in that situation to always wear that label of the past and things that happened to you and let it be who mm. you are. Yeah, and you can you. Let it be characteristics and grow from it and be stronger. Um, Would you mind sharing the story about like that last straw in the airport and which part what? oh um yeah so I had moved to Virginia Beach when I was six months pregnant with Joaquin with his dad um he was in the Navy and I got married just because I was stuck in a lot of like religion like I can't have a baby and not be you know I can't have a baby out of wedlock and mm-hmm. we were in love and all these like wonderful things that happened but he was I, he was physical and I did it so I moved away and, you know, I was alone on the other side of the country. And there was a moment where he actually tried to kick me in the head, like drop kick me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, a whole slew of nasty physical things that happened. And he left to go golfing. And I wasn't allowed to meet anyone. So when he was at work, I had to stay in the, in the apartment all day. 
um, couldn't go to the pool, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. And so I didn't know a soul. And this thing happened and it just came upon me like, if you do this, your son is never gonna have a life if you don't leave. And so it's odd to say that I didn't do it for me, but I did it for my kids. Not that I felt like I needed to live in a situation like that, but the driving force was always my baby, my baby, my baby. And I knocked on my neighbor's door who fortunately was home. He drove me to the airport with nothing but the clothes on my back and Southwest flew me home for free. I kind of gave him a high level overview of what happened and you know, God's grace, favor. They flew me home. I didn't even tell my mom I was coming home. I was so scared and um, just showed up. And from that day, that courage, it really is liberating and empowering once you take a step it'll keep you going as long as you keep looking forward because there's no amount of love and courage that you can gain than just thinking about your kids and what you can provide and who they can become if you stay strong. Otherwise, you know, at the end of the day, we're the ones that are responsible for the man or woman that they are, the husband or the wife. Right. Um, and that's what I think about, like, geez, would I want him to be that husband one day? Or would I want him to be that dad? So that's that was me. That's I know. No, everybody has their own motivation um, for yeah. things. But but um, thank you for sharing that. And I will give a shout out. I I have actually my husband and I had the pleasure of meeting the owner or the CEO of Southwest Airlines, and oh. their whole character reflects what you experienced. That's their character. They'll always have my business just from that one moment mm-hmm. of grace they gave me. Yeah. Taking me home. I mean, who knows what would have happened if I wasn't able to leave? Honestly, because um, it was a very bad situation, and it, that was just like a fluffy version you, of it. You yeah, know? right, right. <laughs> that's nuts that you like went to the airport, not even knowing what to do, and had the courage. Because when you're trapped and you you're afraid of everything, who's got oh. ears that's going to get back to him and, and find out what I've done? You know? Yeah. And somebody had. That customer service reflective of Southwest Airlines, by the way. Right. To say, I know that my leadership would want me to say yes to this. Right. Right? That's yeah. the coolest thing. I mean, when you yield to his words, you, you know, for me, a lot of parts of the day is like, we get so stuck in this busyness, but it's always like, okay, God, you arrange it. Mm, Make these sure. things happen. And when you listen to something that happens, like if you listen to this little nagging piece in your heart and your mind, and then at the end of the day when you listen and you do it and you just serve someone in the smallest way and you find out how it affected their life you're like oh my gosh if I listened to God and like called this person and then you just did something right or I'll do a donation or you know something where it affects people in these bigger grander schemes and they say in heaven that God's into the details Mm -hmm. and so these random acts of kindness which that was that a monument is built in heaven and that to me is just so profound. Yeah, like awesome. you can do something that seems so little and insignificant, doesn't affect you, but it changes someone else's life. There's th- that is such a true statement. I love the analogy of we are living on the underside of um, an exquisite tapestry. Yes. And all we see are the knots and the frayed ends of the string, and all we're seeing is the mess. Right. But when we go home to be with the Lord you'll see the the part of that beautiful tapestry that you were a part of. Oh my God, that makes me want to cry. No, it's 
It's, it's an incredible concept to know that everything you do and, and the way that you affect people and the way that you touch other lives, it matters because you're, you're tying a knot or you're making a stitch or whatever. Right. It's something absolutely beautiful. It's hard to see it in, when you're clouded by you know the moment. Mm-hmm. But I agree 100%. Yeah. That, that's a really good story. I like that. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, so um, let's go back for just a second because I know that people are like, uh, back to the real estate for a second. Yeah. I'm so fascinated <laughs> by what you do. I love it. I think it would be just gratifying. So how do you how do you decide? Are, are you are we scouring? Are you knocking on doors? Are you are you saying, hey, are you interested in selling? Or do these people just come to you? Or how are you doing this? It's a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you'll catch something off MLS, which is not really the days anymore. Most right. of those deals are picked over and gone. Most of it comes from relationships and networking. Um, everybody wants to succeed. I mean, there's some wholesalers that have made more money off of Elliot in a year than, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's profound numbers. It's big. It's grand. And I, we love it. They're excited to be a part of the deal because they identified it. They picked it. They sent it to us. Um, and then sometimes it's just, it is the old school door knocking. Um, a lot of our agents used to door knock. Unfortunately, we don't have the time to do that as much. There's a lot to handle on the side of real estate when you're building a house. Um, we're very fortunate that we have such a grand team. We have great contractors, which are hard to find. There's a saying you hire to fire contractors because oh. it's hard to find people who are reliable. Um, we have a project manager that's been building since 79. So he oversees and yeah, no, I mean, our steps have definitely been, it's everything's divinely appointed. Larry is his name and he's, he's awesome. Yeah. And, um, so he project manages it. He schedules, Elliot does, um, a little bit of everything. He will do all the accounting. He does scheduling. He's with Larry, like he identifies most of the contractors that we're going to use. Um, he does a lot of the wholesaling deals. And then I do the fluffy fun stuff, which is, yes, and no. The guys make fun of me and say that I'm always in the trenches while Ellie's in the office. Um, so I'm on site quite a bit. We work with the architect from the very beginning. Ellie and I do work with the architect, do the exterior, do the floor plan, and then um, they'll do permits. I don't do the city stuff. I do do inspections sometimes, though, so I'll meet with the city inspectors. Yeah. Um, I do all the design work. I do the plumbing weapons, like, all of it. That's, that's it sounds really like it's like really easy, fluffy stuff. No, but no, it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of work, yeah. and you know the pressure of um, appealing to masses. So that's always on the forefront. Like you so want to be different. Yeah, you want to yeah. be innovative, but yet you appeal to masses, and so it has to be very vanilla to a certain degree. But yet you want to be unique, and everyone love your brand, and mm-hmm. so um, it's very, very cool. I love what we do. I was just telling Elliot two weeks ago how fortunate and blessed I felt it doesn't feel like work because I love what I do it's a passion mm-hmm. um, I don't have a designated college degree for design but it's a gift mm-hmm. and um, I just there's no better way than to use it wait I mean we you can have a talent without going to college <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and you know I have a couple of friends that are professional <laughs> designers and I get a frown they're like Ugh, you know and I've asked them what's your biggest challenge with growth or like well people who do design and don't have a degree in this and that I'm like you meet people like me yeah like I know I know but you know I value that they have their degree and that and they can do certain softwares and mock write-ups and stuff that 
I don't do. Like, I'm old school hands catching it with my crew on site, cut it, you know, trying to do things and figure it out when there's a hiccup or something to where they can throw in the software. I think that's awesome. So I don't, I don't have that. <laughs> that's I think that's awesome. God, God gives who he wants to. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you have to finish up with the story of how you met Elliot in the house. and. Yeah. So I'm from Southern California, and I had been divorced for a couple years, and my son was a year or two outside of graduating high school, and I wanted to move back to California really bad. That's just my piece of my piece of heaven, my home, just by the ocean. I love it. So I was going back to LA on the days I didn't have the kids. I'd fly out in the morning and then in the evening come back after walking my son from practice. And dead set that I was moving back. Like, God had arranged this. I was working with a great team that does the same thing that Elliot and I do. And Sky was the one that was totally stoked. Um, one of my girlfriends wanted a house, and so she went and looked at the split project, which happened to be Elliot's. Um, and we wrote an offer on it, and I have this thing where I always say thank you kindly, or if someone asks me, how are you, I say I'm blessed. So I think I, we forget like how blessed we are, so mm-hmm. I made it a practice that I'd always say it. And he tells the story about, A, he thinks it's the weirdest thing that I say I'm blessed, because you just throw people off guard, they don't know what to say, like people are asking how you are, like not like just not to really know how you're doing. And I'm like, okay, well, that's an answer, actually. Yeah, and so it's I was like, complete, it's a complete and he thinks thank you kindly is like so darn weird. He's like, who says thank you kindly? And I'm like, weird. So in one of my texts, I had said like, thank you kindly to him. So he was like, this lady's a weirdo. Um, and so we wrote the offer, and he leads me to believe that there's multiple offers on this. So I make my clients write this like heartfelt story about why they needed this house and blah, 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 blah. And... I don't know if there really was another offer, but you can ask him now. <laughs> but we we um we bought the my clients bought the house and she was like, hey, did you ever Google the realtor? And I was like, no, you know, half the time you don't meet the other agent, and that's just how it is, you know, you, you you just don't know. And she was like, oh, but he's really cute. He had a great mission statement, and I was like, no, Anna, I'm moving, like, I'm going. Long story short, we close on the house, and then maybe a month later. Um, one of my cohorts has this off-market house in Arcadia, and off-market houses are a gold mine, right? So you want to send it to your network and you want to sell it off-market because that's just a thing, especially in Arcadia. Everyone's like, oh, this is an off-market property. Yeah. <laughs> so you're and like, they say it like that. Oh, no, it's very, like, you know, coveted. And you're like, okay. Um, and I was driving down 40th Street from Camelback, and I just had this nagging feeling from God. I was like, call Elliot and sell him this house. I was like, I don't know him. And I'm 10 years older than him, so I'm like, I don't know that kid. And it just wouldn't let up. So finally I was like, okay. So I texted him, offered him the property. He closed on it six days later. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm like, great. You know, you just think like sometimes like deals just fall and you're like, great, love it, thanks, bye. And Elliot kept reaching out and wanted some confirmation on this deal that he was doing. It was a big renovation. He hadn't ever done a big renovation. He'd always been doing flips in Old Town and in Tempe. So this was out of his wheelhouse. And what's great about Elliot is he's very humble. And he has has, his ego is always checked at the door. So he's always wanting feedback and confirmation and testing the waters and wanting to know what everybody thinks about this or that. And it's, it's awesome because... In our industry, there's a lot of pride 
and he doesn't have any of that. I mean, he has pride, but no ego. Um, and so, but he kept saying, you know, can you look at the floor plan that the architect did, or can you see this, can you see that? And finally, after a few months, I was like, Corinne, you're being like a real jerk. Like, you probably should go meet this guy and walk the property and da-da-da. And I did, and um, he goes, well, I have this other one in Arcadia, you know, I'm going to get in my car. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was a stranger's car. So I texted my mom, I'm like, I'm getting in a stranger guy's car to go look at a project. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to take my kidneys, but here we go. So we go, we look at the project, and, you know, it was just great conversation. And he kept saying, oh, you know, you should come over to the team. Like, I have a team, and I feel like um, I'm not serving them well because I'm so focused on investors and doing this. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to California. Like, I'm great. And it just kept going. Like, we became closer and closer. And I thought, geez, how can I lose with someone who has a heart for others? Because he was always just worried about the other agents. And at the time, I was doing the core coaching, and I loved it. And I think I had done, like, $13 million that year. And that was a big number for our market was rebounding and stuff. And it wasn't all luxury. So it was a lot of, <laughs> a lot wow. of houses. And I thought, geez, I'm just going to partner up with him. And I did, and we were inseparable. And then we dated, and we didn't tell anyone. But, I mean, we literally were just best friends. And my older son had met him at the gym. He's like, Mom, he's a good guy. And I was like, he's a kid. You know, he's 10 years older than you. Like, this is not normal. And long story short, we kept dating, and um, and then we were pregnant. And we needed... There's probably something happened in between dating and pregnant. I'm just saying. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, it could have been a Mary situation. I don't know. Um, I, it threw us off. We had talked about, like, virtual, you know, freezing eggs. We were not even anywhere close to planning uh-huh. a baby or marriage or anything of that nature. And um, But we had our little, our little miracle, and we needed another house. His house was a three-bedroom. I already had the three kids, and I was in a, I had downsized, so I was in a four bedroom, but it just, it wasn't enough room for us. So we ended up buying that off-market house. Isn't that crazy? Almost I two years later. I think that's such a great story that because of that house, you met and then you live in that house. And I guess a good testimony to being obedient. Yeah. The nagging feeling to sell it to him, there was a bigger plan that I didn't know and I, like, I was prideful. I was like, oh no, I'm sending this to my network. I'm not going to send it to this strange person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was our home and it was our first home that we did and it was fun because I was a part of a lot of it because as we progressed working together you know I worked with some of the contractors on it and would say okay let's do this idea and da, da, da. and it was fun and it ended up being our home so it was a very special home yeah. in that respect yeah um, and then it was just from there we've continued to build our own personal homes like one a year which is a lot of work um, yeah. when you're moving a family but wow I, I think that's a fantastic story and it's, it is God loves to delight. He delights in delighting us. Yes. And those stories, for me, are evidence of God for sure. But it's just also that fun story to be able to tell. Yeah. Sorry, it wasn't off Tinder. It was actual real estate, you know, because you don't... It's hard to meet people organically. Mm. And Phoenix is just like a different place to date in. So I'm so happy that it was aligned and the way it was. And you guys are working together. (laughs) He's my best friend. He yeah. brings out the best in me, um, which is nice because I've always wanted someone to push me and to be different, and he keeps me peaceful. Um, I can be hot-headed at times about stuff, and it's just a new... Seeing life through his lenses is, is pretty mm-hmm. radical. And the fact that we've been able to grow our business to the level that we're at, we're not 
biggest builder by any means, but we're starting to have a really great brand and a reputation. Mm -hmm. um, and it's nice to hear people, a lot of people don't um, know that we're tied together. I was always like, oh, we'll keep your name. So it's Bark and Real Estate Group. It has nothing to do with me. It's Bark and Construction. I didn't care. And so when they see that I'm a part of it and that we're together, like, wow, that's really weird and crazy <laughs> at the same time. Um, but it's it's definitely, and I don't see, he actually just closed his first um, commercial deal over here on Bell Vista. I don't know, another cross street, but he's um, going to develop an Aldi grocery store. Okay, so, um, all right. that's the plan, you know, um, but he's just progressing and I love the investment side of it. So. Well, it was a pleasure to talk with you today and I know you guys are blessed by her stories and, and her heart and I thank you very much and I also thank um, April Chadwick and Diane Gertis from Mortgage Advantage um, for sponsoring the show so that we can hear stories like this. You guys have a wonderful day and God bless you. That was really good.